You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming to Sunday school. I know sometimes it can be hard to get up extra early and get over to church, but when you do that and you get over to Sunday school, um, you're able to get double the blessing for the day because you're able to get a couple of lessons in versus only getting one in from pastor. So not saying I'm as good as pastor, 100% that's not going to be true, but just the opportunity to dig into God's word and to hear something else is always a privilege. And I think it's one that we understand that we have that and we're just so grateful that God has given us that privilege. So take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12. And I'm super excited, super excited to see what the Lord has for us over the next four weeks. August is always my month to bring the adult Sunday school class. And although it always makes me nervous and I don't enjoy trying to figure out what the Lord has for us to teach on. And I don't enjoy all the preparation and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I always do get excited because as the Lord works on my heart, I get excited about the truths of the scriptures. And I get excited about, you know, all these things that we dig into God's word that when we apply these to our life, what the kind of blessings that are going to come up because of that. And so I'm um, just really looking forward to having that over the next four weeks. Um, and we're going to be talking about a couple of different subjects, and we're going to dig into a little bit here today. And these lessons are really going to build on each other. It will probably take us the entire month. Actually, I probably won't get through all the information in the next four weeks, and that's okay. Um, a lot of this stuff I've taught on a few years ago, three or four years ago. I taught on some of this stuff, and the Lord just really brought me back to this subject. And we'll be talking about that here in just a few minutes, uh, the subject that we'll be going over the next four weeks. But it's one of these things that I really do feel like probably most of us, if not all of us, have struggled with at one time in our life or another. And it could be here that a lot of us are struggling with this, uh, this thing even yet today and through our life. And it's one of those things that even though you may struggle with it, it always has a chance of rearing its ugly head and coming back again. And it's just one of those things that we, I feel like that we're always going to have to struggle with to make sure that we're on top of this subject in our life. I feel like that what we're going to be covering over the next four weeks is one of Satan's biggest traps to the Christians. One of the ways I think that he hinders us in our life so that we cannot be used like Christ really wants to use us. And the crazy thing is we know that Satan, he's a liar and he's a deceiver. And he's usually so good at bringing something into our life that we may not think is that big a deal. But when you look at it, it really is a really big deal because it can really hinder us. You know, in, in uh, Hebrews, it talks about being hindered in our, our running the race, right? The ways we put it. It can really hinder us in what God has for you to accomplish. So what's really cool is that God has something special for each and every one of us, right? No matter, no matter where you're at in your life, if you're the youngest person in this room or you're the oldest person in your, this room, God still has something special for you. You might say, I, I've, I've lived 80 years. I've done what God wants me to do. You know what? That's, that's probably true, but God still has something for you. Or you might say, Isaac, I'm, I'm really young. I've barely even gotten into my life. I'm still going to high school or I'm, I'm still going to college. I haven't even figured anything else out, else out yet. I don't even know what God has for me, but you know what? That's okay because God has something for you. And God wants to do something miraculous in your life. But God can only truly work in our life if we allow him to. 
right? God wants to do something great in pastor's life and in my life and in your life, but so often we hinder what God wants to do in our life because of our actions and because of things that we do. And all throughout the Word of God, there are blessings and there are cursings based upon what we're going to do. And so we're going to be going over some uh, illustrations. We're going to be going over some principles of God's Word to hopefully this will be a blessing to you in your life. I by no means, as I went through these lessons, I saw so many faults and failures in my life. And I thought that I was okay in some of this stuff. And God just brought it to me over and over again. And it just goes to realize how often we can have blind spots in our life. And so as we read over this parable here in Luke chapter 12, go down to verse 13. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. And I'm in Proverbs, so that is not going to help. So let me get over to Luke, sorry. And one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Now, we know that Jesus Christ went out and he spoke and everything, so I don't know who this person is. He must be pretty bold to go up to Jesus Christ and actually ask him a question during the time that Christ is teaching. So I don't know if it was one of his regular followers and he was asking a question. I don't know if he had just met Jesus Christ for the first day. I really don't know, but I just thought about this person. Wow, he came right up to Christ and, and confronted him with a question. So he said... And then this is Jesus Christ in verse 14. He said, And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, This is Jesus Christ speaking again, Take heed and beware. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them. So now we're, this is a real-life situation. Now Jesus Christ is going into a parable, okay? So this is a real life. Now Jesus Christ is bringing a parable to speak about the question this man had. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater, and there will I bestow all of my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And then, then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So is he, so, so is he, the person is a fool, that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. Our key verse in this portion of scripture is verse 15. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. Let's pray. Father, I come before you today, Lord. And Father, I really need your help. And Lord, you know that. And um, in and of myself, Lord, I am too nervous and I do not speak well enough to come up here and even adequately give forth the word of God, Lord. So I'm just asking you that you would do for me what I cannot do for myself, and that is to help me speak clearly in an understanding way where your people can hear the word of God that's being brought forth, Lord. 
And if you would be so gracious as to use the words of your scriptures, Lord, which we know you can, and to touch our heart and to show us in our hearts maybe things that we have not seen or something we've held on to that could change our life, Lord, that we can give this area over to you and that we, Lord, can be better suited to have blessings of God on our life and to be better used of you in this life you have for us, Lord. I pray this not only for this week, but for the next few weeks, Lord. Will you please just use me, Lord, in whatever area you can, even though I know that in and of myself I cannot be done. So, Lord, I pray these things in your precious name. Amen. We're going to be talking about, over the next few weeks, the subject about materialism. And the subject of how do we overcome materialism in our life. How do we overcome being materialistic in our lives? If you look here at verse 15, this thing is very serious to God. Because as you read here, it says, take heed and what? Beware. He didn't just say take heed. If Christ says take heed, guess what? He means, he's saying this is really important. But when Jesus Christ says take heed and beware, that's a double warning. So that shows you that what Christ is saying in this portion of scripture, he really wants his people to understand. He really wanted this guy that was bringing this question and the people that he was teaching to, to really understand that this was a serious, serious thing that he was going to address. He said, take heed and beware. The word beware means to guard oneself from an enemy. And you know materialism is an enemy to God's people Being covetous is an enemy to your soul. It's an enemy to your heart. And Jesus knew this, and that is why he used those words to take heed and beware so that we understand what this enemy is. So often we as God's people don't truly identify the enemies that are out there to attack us. We don't think that it's a big deal. We don't think that they're really an enemy. Pastor's done such a great job over the last few weeks talking about the enemies of the soul and how important that is on Wednesday nights. But this is also an enemy that we have to be aware of. But as we read through this portion of Scripture, the big sin that we see in this parable is the area of covetousness, which I would say is materialism in this guy's heart and in his life. You know, this is the big sin that we see. And the desire to have more and more. This guy was just, he, just, he, his, his, he was being blessed. His fields were bringing forth much fruit. And he just wanted to have more and more. What shall I do with all these goods? He was only thinking of himself to heap all these things upon himself However, we know that a man's, that our happiness is not based, and our comfort is not based upon what we have. We know that as God's people, but so often we forget that. And so often we don't think that way. And I want you to realize one thing, and I'll probably jump ahead a little bit here. But as you read this parable, guess what? This guy never got around to what he thought he was going to do. Did you realize that? that it didn't say that he did tear down his barns and build greater. He just was thinking that in his head. And you know what that means? That this man didn't even commit this covetous act, although that was already in his heart. He hadn't even got to that place in his life. This is just what he was thinking. This was just his mindset. This was just his goal and his desire of his life was so consumed with himself, so consumed with himself that he had only thought these things and God said, you're a fool. You're a fool to even be thinking that way. Because this night your life is going to be required you. Then where's all, we're going to, where's all your stuff going to go to? I have, you, he was so consumed with his life and so consumed to thinking that this thing that he was going to pile himself with where he was going to find happiness. He thought, hey, when I get all this stuff, then I will eat, 
drink, and be merry. He hadn't even gotten to that place in his life yet. He, didn't, he wasn't eating, drinking, and being merry now. He was just thinking that if he was to bring all this stuff into himself and hoard all these things, that then he would have happiness, right? He said, then I will eat, I will drink, and I'll be merry. I'll be happy then when I bring all these things to myself. And as God's people, we know that that is a lie of the devil. We know that that is false. But yet so often we know that, but our actions portray the opposite because we find ourselves thinking the same way that this man was thinking in this parable. That if I only could get a better house or a nicer car or if I can just have a little more money or whatever, then that is, that is gonna, that's the next level that I want to get to. And we get so consumed with the things of this world. Uh, one thing I also saw in this parable, as you start to read through it, he says, I and my, a whole lot. And whenever I think that I'm being selfish, or whenever I realize that I'm being selfish, I start hearing the words that are coming out of my mouth, and it's the same way that this man was talking. Six times he said the word I in three, in three verses. Six times he said the word I. I, I will do this, I will do that, I will do this. And five times he said the word my. So this guy obviously was completely self-consumed with himself. He was not focused on what the world was. He was not focused on the needs of others. He was only solely focused on himself. And you know what? That can happen to me, and that has happened to me. And I believe it can happen to any one of us here when we take our eyes off the Lord. How important it is to keep ourselves focused on the Lord. The Bible says, I've come to give you life. But yet so often we look at other things for that life that Christ has for us, for him to fulfill in our life. Have we forgotten where our life really comes from? I'm going to read a verse here uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11 through verse 14. It says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. Beware. This is, Jesus, this is God. He's using the same word again. Beware. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his command this day, lest thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. And while thy herds and thy flocks, they multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all thou thy hast is multiplied, then... Thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God. Goes right into what Pastor was talking about earlier. America has forgotten the Lord thy God. We've been blessed. We've been multiplied. Our country has been blessed as a whole. God's people has been blessed as a whole. And even God said, beware when these things happen. Beware that you're not lifted up. So when you are multiplied and the blessing of God comes on your life, that you do not forget the Lord thy God. I want you to ask yourself this question. Have I forgotten God in my life? Have I forgotten God? Do I only think about God on Sunday or Wednesday when I come to church? Do I only think about God for the brief moment that I open up the scripture maybe when you have your devotions and I go through the rest of the day and my mind and my thoughts are not even on God? God said, beware, beware that happens because I just tell you what, when you're in need and you're struggling, you only have your option is to look towards God and then your thoughts are, are on God. So he said, when you're multiplied and you're blessed and everything's increased and everything's going good, beware because God knew at that time, that is when we start taking our thoughts and our minds off of God because we think we got it, we're good, everything's going well and we pull our mind and our thoughts away from God and he said, beware that this does not happen. You know what that stems down to? It stems down to a root of pride. 
right? It does. I am a prideful person. I told my wife the other day, and she agreed with me, that I am a prideful, <laughs> which she always does when I'm negatively thinking myself. So um, I said, I'm a prideful person. I say a lot of prideful things, and she's like, yeah, you're prideful. And I was like, you are too, though. It's just, you know, we're both prideful. <laughs> so we've got, our, we got two prideful parents, so good luck with our kids. But. but isn't it that what this man was being? Look at all these goods. I'm a, he's just so prideful. And yet, so often that root of pride builds up in our life too. Look what I've done. Look where I'm at in my life. Look how God's blessed me. And then that root of pride brings up, and God says, beware. There's an enemy right at the door. Don't let that enemy in. Don't let materialism overtake your life. Go back to our text, Luke chapter 12. I want to read the other, the other portion of the scripture. It goes right along with this. Uh, Luke chapter 12, we'll pick up in verse 21. I won't read all these verses because for sake of time. Uh, all right, verse 20. All right, let's go to verse 22. Uh, Luke 12, 22. And he said unto his disciples, so he's done with the parable now, and he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you. So now he's talking, direct, he's talking directly to his disciples. Would I would say that he's talking directly to Christians now, right? He's talking to his disciples. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Okay? Again, take no what? Thought. I really want you guys to get this concept. These are, at this point so far, we're not talking about actions. We've been talking about how are we thinking? What is your mindset? Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat neither your body, what you shall put on. The life, life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. This is, there's more to life than that. There's more, something much more important. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, but God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? You're, we're way better than birds, and God takes care of them. And which of you, without thought, can add to stature one cubit? We can't change that in our life. Let's drop down to verse 28. <laughs> Excuse me. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of a doubtful mind. Again, our thought, our thought process there. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. Okay, listen, I'm not saying that we should never think about providing for our families. Obviously, that goes against Scripture. Amen? The Bible says you don't provide for your family, you're worse than an infidel for men. Okay? This doesn't mean we don't consider that. What it means is that we're not consumed by that. But that is not the number one priority of our life. That we don't wake up every single day with that mindset and that process in our life. God knows that we have need of these things. God knows that you need a place to live. God knows that you need food to, so that you can survive. God knows that all that we have to have clothing to put on our body. God knows these things. He's God. He made it that way, right? You think God created you that way and he just forgot that we had all these needs? No, God's not going to forget that. And you're much more important to God than the animals and he takes care of them. So, so often we have too little faith and we think we have to accomplish it in and of ourselves. We let our faith go. We take that burden upon ourselves, and then we start to be consumed and God says, beware when that starts to happen in your life. O ye of little faith, have you really forgotten who God is? So often I think, I forget who God is. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He made everything. He made this world, and he made me, and he made you. And there is nothing that we can focus on 
in the entire rest of the world that is more important than that. Yet so often, we take the most important thing, we make it the least important thing, we take the least important thing, we reverse it and make the most important thing, and we wonder why our lives end up in a shambles and why things happen to us the way that they do. Make sure your thoughts are where they need to be. The Bible says no man can serve two masters. You can't say, I focus completely on the Lord, and I'm internally mindset, and God's number one in my life. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't say that God's number one in your life if you are materialistic in your life. If you have that root of pride and on covetousness, you can't say that God's where he needs to be in your life. You can't do it. You cannot serve God and mammon. For we brought nothing into this world. We all, we all know how we came out. <laughs> Amen. I have six kids. I know how they come out. Isn't that pretty? For we brought nothing into this world. Everybody's like, wasn't she adorable? I was like, dude, they're like an alien when they come out. Now, why do you? Anyways, I do not think babies are very pretty uh, when, they, when they first come out. Anyways, for we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. You know, and having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. We'll get into that later. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and hurtful lust. Are you lusting today? Which will drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money. The love of money. Not money. Money is good. You could do a lot of good things with money. I like money. I like to use money. I don't know if that's, maybe that's a little carnal, but I, I mean... I, don't, I like to have money, okay? But what God is saying is that when you have the love for money, and I think we all understand that, when you love money, when you desire money, when that is your goal in your life, that is where the love of money is the root of all evil. Do you know how much evil is going to come by having that desire in your life? So many evil things will come, and that is why God said, take heed, beware, when the love of money starts controlling your life. When that's your focus and that's your desire, those that is not good. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which some having coveted ever after, excuse me, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Listen, this is, this is a scary thing because when this happens, this is what the Bible said is going to happen. You're going to pierce yourself through. I was reading a story. This is totally off topic. Been going through the Old Testament, reading about the kings. I always enjoy that portion of scripture because there's wars and there's fighting. I'm like, yeah, I love the I love that portion. Um, so, anyways, you know, but there was that time where uh, King Saul told his armor bearer, "You need to kill me because I'm." I think it was King Saul. I'm wounded, and he and he wouldn't kill him, right? So then Saul took his sword and he pierced himself through and he killed himself because he didn't want his enemies to take over him. I was like, man, you can say a lot of stuff about Saul. He was not very good a lot of times, but. That's a man's man right there to kill himself with a sword just to make sure his enemies don't kill him. But that's what you're doing. You are piercing yourself through when you have the heart of being covetous and materialistic in your life. Let your conversation, which means your behavior, be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Bible says, be content with such things as ye have. Do you know God does not give to everybody the same things? <laughs> have you realized that? That God's not going to give to you the same thing he's going to give to somebody else? And there's nothing wrong or wicked about that. Because he is God and he knows what's best. God is going to give to pastor maybe something different that he gives to you. It's the same reason why we have different talents and abilities, right? We all not, we're all not the same. God, it doesn't mean if somebody has in our eyes 
more material possessions, that they must be better. That's just what God has given to them. Now, they might have used that well, and God might have blessed their life, but God also might have given to somebody else one talent, right? And they take that talent that God gives to them, and they use it, and they are the best steward of that talent. Even the parable of the talents, which I was going to read, which obviously won't have time today to read. We all know that parable, right? He gave one person three talents, or five talents, excuse me, another person three talents, and another person one talent, right? He gave each one of his servants different amount of talents to use, but he still required the same thing back from every servant, and that was to use what he had given to them wisely, not to covet and not to take that to themselves. He required the same, but he gives to everyone a different measure. There are some things that people have talent-wise that I wish I did. And I know that's wrong to do that. I really have to guard myself like, oh my word, I wish I could, I wish I could sing, period, at all. You know, I wish I had a good voice so I could be used to deal with the Lord. I, I have a loud voice. Luckily I sit here so you guys pretty much don't hear it, but Lissa does and she goes like this sometimes when I'm singing. But it's okay. But there's, there's things that I wish I had and I don't have. I am not a really a great speaker. I'm not very well versed in English, as you can see, and I say things wrong all the time. And you know what? I've just had to get over that, and you're going to have to get over it too. I'm going to mess up. Luckily, I talk so fast, but by the time I mess up, I'm onto something else, and most people can't catch up quick enough to realize and really dwell on what I just said, because I'm already past. So that's the one other talent that I do have. But um, we're running out of time here. But God has given to us the Bible to teach us how to live. Okay? God's, he's been so gracious, right? He's given us the Bible to teach us how to live. This is what wisdom is all about. Yet often, we are looking for new ideas and new direction. So, I'm, I do that all the time, right? I want to see the new thing. We're, all, we're consumed with something new, something new, new direction, something. What, what is, what's a new thing? You know, I want to figure this thing out. New ideas, new direction, rather than going by what God just said in his word. The principles God established in scripture do not need updated. People like to say, that's just outdated. We're in a different economy. We're in a different world. We live differently. Guess what? God's word's not outdated. The principles that he has set up here, the way God tells you how to use your money, the things that God says to do with your finances, they're not outdated. They might be outdated in the world's eyes, but really open up your eyes and look at the world and look at the mess that people are in financially. It's not a pretty picture. If you look at the statistics of America, the most blessed country in the world, we are one of the countries with the most bondage financially in our lives. Oh, we put on a good facade. We make it look real hunky-dory to everybody that's looking at us. But in reality, most Americans are in bondage due to this area of finances in their life because they have thought like the world, which for the world, that's just the way they've been trained. But for God's people, there is no excuse to think that way. We have the Bible. We have the principles. God has talked over and over and over and over and over again how we should be using our talents, our, th our things that God has given, our money, how we should be using that in our life. There is really no excuse not to say what God said is true. I'm just going to believe it, and I am going to follow God's principles in my life. We have to change the way we are thinking in our life. We cannot be like this rich fool. And think this way, because we will pierce ourselves through with many sorrows. We need to start thinking differently and changing our habits when it comes to money. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How you are using the money that God has given you, is it acceptable? Oh, I'll go back and read that. I'm going to mess that up. All right. Is what God has given to you, are you making it good and acceptable and perfect will of God? How you use what God has given to you, have you done it in that way? If you haven't, go back to the top and be not conformed to this what? Christians have conformed themselves to the world in this area of finances. As a, as a generally speaking, I'm not speaking about this church or you personally, I'm thinking as a whole, as God's people, we have not done very good at not conforming to this area, specifically in the area of finances in our life. We have conformed ourselves like the world. We have trained ourselves to think like the world. We have done our habits and our actions like the world, and then we look back and we wonder why we're in the positions that we are in. You need to renew your mind. You need to think differently. You can only do that by transforming your mind with the Word of God, taking that, putting it into your heart, and starting that path to success that God wants you to have in your life. Your life today is a result of your thinking yesterday. As you think, in your head, over and over and over again, that is going to be played out in your life. That is why it is so important that we renew our mind daily with the Word of God. I'll stop there. I have a lot more stuff. <clears throat> That's not a really great way to stop, but we'll stop there. I just thought it was cool. We just sang the song, Be Thou My Vision. And in verse 3, I'm just going to read it for you because it goes right along with this lesson. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise, Thou my inheritance, now and always. Thou and thou only be first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure, thou art. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.